Every story in Scripture awaits a response. I'm Warren Berkeley with the Laurel Heights Church of Christ in McAllen, Texas, and this is the second class in a series designed to cover the 17 periods of Bible history. Now, I don't want this to sound arbitrary. There are other study and survey methods. Sometimes you'll hear 12 periods of Bible history. It's all about the way people divide it up. What is important is learning the sequence of the Bible story and then using what you learn to help you in navigating your Bible reading and your Bible study. In these classes, I'm using the 17-period approach. So last time, first class, we covered in quick survey fashion the first five chapters of Genesis, time before the flood, which started with creation, and then the sin of Adam and Eve, the story of Cain and Abel, the genealogical account of Adam's descendants. We also spent some time with a selected passage from that period, Genesis 1:27, God made us in his image. So in this class, the textual reference is Genesis chapters 6 through 10. Chapters 6 through 10. And this would be labeled by the primary event in this section, and that would be the flood. I want to begin by reading from Genesis chapter 6. I hope you have your Bible open. I'm going to read from Genesis chapter 6, starting with verse 1 of Genesis chapter 6. When man began to multiply on the face of the land and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive, and they took as their wives any they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of man, and they bore children to them. They were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. And Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. 
Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you are to make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits. Its breadth, 50 cubits. And its height, 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it to a cubit above, and set the door of the ark in its side. Make it with lower, second, and third decks. For behold, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. Of the birds according to their kinds, and of the animals according to their kinds, and of every creeping thing of the ground according to its kind, two of every sort shall come into you to keep them alive. Also take with you every sort of food that is eaten, and store it up. It shall serve as food for you and for them. Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. So that's the reading of the text in Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 22. Now, this is not a verse-by-verse -verse exposition, so I'll not be going back through every verse and giving you a detailed, in-depth analysis. This is a survey, summary sort of approach. I want us to concentrate for a few minutes on these highlights. Number one, it was very clear that God was displeased. God was displeased. You get that idea from the very beginning of Genesis 6. The sin that first appeared in the lives of Adam and Eve and then Cain continued in such profound proliferation. God came to this point. He would take action. Notice that specific causes are given of lust and violence and inordinate pursuit of earthly ambition. In verse 5, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. It sounds like everyone had marked out a path away from the Creator and then verse 8 says, Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. The next part of this is important and contains fundamental lessons for us. God gave instructions to Noah 
to build the ark. God didn't just say to Noah, Noah, we've got a problem. Here's what's going to happen down there. And you know it in advance. And so you figure out how to deal with it. You do whatever you want. Verse nine says Noah was a righteous man and that he walked with God. God takes care of the righteous. And in this case, God's care led him to provide very specific instructions for the safety of Noah and his family. And that divine care didn't mean that Noah would be inactive. God gave instructions to protect Noah and his family. Noah had to follow those instructions in building the ark and getting everything ready. We read those instructions in Genesis 6. And then what did we read? When we came to the end of the chapter, what did we read? Verse 22, Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. Noah did this. Noah responded to God's instructions by the activity of faith. Chapter 7, Noah and his family enter the ark and the flood occurs just as God had said. Noah and his family are safe inside the ark with the specified animals that God included. The narrative in chapter 7 describes the turmoil and disaster outside the ark. The waters prevailed, increased greatly on the earth. Chapter 8 contains that significant statement about God, that he remembered Noah and all the animals, and the water subsided. A raven could not find dry ground in Noah's first attempt. The dove found dry ground according to Genesis 8, 8 through 12. And I want to read what happened next in Genesis 8, 13 through 22. In the 601st year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried from off the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. In the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth had dried out. Then God said to Noah, go out from the ark, you and your wife, and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing that is with you of all flesh, birds and animals and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, that they may swarm on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out, and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him, every beast, every creeping thing and every bird, everything that moves on the earth, went out by families from the ark. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man. For the intention of man's heart is evil 
from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. I want to comment. Grace was shown to Noah in the beginning of this story. Grace was shown to Noah during the time the waters were on the earth. And grace is shown here at the end of the story. And God blessed Noah and his sons. God, as the creator with the right to rule, set forth certain instructions after the flood. Let's review some of those. God said to the sons of Noah, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. I want you to remember that because it's going to become important in our next study. It also says here in chapter 9, every moving thing that lives shall be food for you and as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. I'm just reading from Genesis 9, <clears throat> verse 6. Whoever sheds the blood of men, by man shall his blood be shed, for God made man in his own image. You recall we talked about this in the very first class. It is foundational truth. God made man in his own image. Then we've already mentioned what is sometimes called the Rainbow Covenant. The Rainbow Covenant. You can read that here in Genesis 9, 9 through 17. The rest of the chapter concerns Noah's descendants. Uh, these family trees are records of descendants that we come to in the Old Testament. It may seem to be tedious may seem to be not important the first time you read through them. But like so many things we encounter in Bible reading and study, as you progress through Scripture, the value of these genealogies will emerge. Later, when we get to the genealogical tables that directly lead to the Messiah, those become very important. Noah lived to be 950 and then he died. Let's consider now what we can learn from this section of Scripture. I want to focus on Noah. We have discovered in this section of history God's careful instructions about the ark and Noah's response. I want to go back and talk about that in some detail now. And here's the way I want to put it. Noah built the ark though he lived in a wicked world, despite any questions he may have had about what God was doing, even though the task was enormous, and he did this against the tide of popular opposition and likely ridicule, he did just exactly what God said under these circumstances. I think we need to see in this episode a good example of faith that led to obedience. That's what the Holy Spirit calls to be written about this 
in Hebrews 11 and verse 7. Would you turn to that? Hebrews 11 and verse 7, by faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. Faith that saves is responsive to God, to whatever God has directed us to do to receive that salvation, no matter the wicked culture that may be around us. It has great reward acting on God's word concerning things unseen in reverent fear. That's the powerful lesson from this section of Bible history. So, we've covered two periods of Bible history. Creation, the fall into sin of Adam and Eve, Cain killing his brother. Now, the flood, and this story contains Noah's righteousness and the good outcome for his family as documented in Hebrews 11 and verse 7. May I recommend you go listen to Brother Smelser's three-minute Bible study where he goes through the 17 periods quickly. Use that timeline video to help you get the big picture of what God did to steer events to Jesus Christ. A couple of other things we're going to do in this class, just very briefly here near the end. As we work through this timeline of Bible history, please try to get into your mind uh, the books of the Old Testament, the five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the books of history from Joshua through Esther, the wisdom literature, the major prophets, the minor prophets. There will be times in our classes when we'll pause and go through those. It will be good to memorize those. New Testament books, the Gospels, the history in the book of Acts, uh, the letters of Paul to churches, the general letters, Paul writing to individuals, the Apocalypse or the book of Revelation. Here's a good way to remember that. Who Jesus is, is documented in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you want to know how to respond to Jesus Christ, that's in the book of Acts. If you want to know how to live daily as a Christian, Romans through 2 Thessalonians. If you want to know about preachers and elders, 1 and 2 Timothy and Titus. More about what Christians need to know to live as disciples faithfully every day. Hebrews through Jude and then victory in Christ in the book of Revelation. Well, next time we'll be in class number three, and that will be the scattering of the people as we move toward the Messiah. Class number three, the scattering of people. We move from Noah toward Abraham, and then after Abraham, on toward the Messiah. Thank you for listening.